Welcome to episode number 68 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and unfortunately, I will be riding solo yet again this week because Chris and I just could not get our schedules to match up. But with that said, I do have confirmation that old Christopher will be in studio with me next week. So hopefully we will get the ball rolling again and get back on a weekly schedule. And in more BTC news, big news, we have a friend of mine joining the panel. That's right, my friend Rob will be joining the BTC crew. He will be, I don't know, what do we want to call him, Uh, a liaison, a special guest host once in a while, a field correspondent, if you will. So he'll be bringing a lot to the show as well. So we have a lot of big things going on in the world O-B-T-C. And uh, lest we forget, we have been in the middle of Hudson Valley Horror Month, which (laughs) we're now on day 55 or 56 of Hudson Valley Horror Month. Somehow it started in late August, made its way through September. Now we're into the first or second week of October, and we've done but a mere three shows. So in keeping with that theme, we're going to continue on with more Hudson Valley Horror Stories. And tonight is a listener request. I've actually had quite a few requests for uh, this topic, and I finally got around to doing it. And I'm very excited about this one, because who doesn't love a good old-fashioned haunting? Am I right? Because tonight, my good people, we will be talking about none other than the haunted Shanley Hotel. Now, I don't know if many of you have heard of the Shanley Hotel, but it is very popular here in the Hudson Valley, and it's also very popular within the paranormal community. It has a very dark and interesting history filled with crime, arson, death. Now, based off of that history, you could imagine some of the claims that have been made about this place. And the amount of paranormal activity within the hotel ranges far and wide, from people seeing actual apparitions, to hearing slamming doors, hearing footsteps in the middle of the night, the sound of children laughing, (laughs) no thanks, music randomly playing in the middle of the night. So we have to ask ourselves, what could possibly be causing all this paranormal activity? So we're going to get to all that. But before we do, like I always say, We need to go backwards to go forward. And that's exactly what we're going to do. First off, where the hell is the Shanley Hotel? All right. It's in the Hudson Valley, but more specifically, it's in the beautiful little hamlet of Napanook, New York, located in Ulster County, New York. Now, this is the first time in Hudson Valley Horror Month that we are making our way west of the Hudson River. That's right. We have been in Columbia County. We've been in Dutchess. And here we are headed west to Ulster County. Napanook is yet another small town nestled within the valley. It sits at the foothills of the Shawangunk Mountains, and then to the north of that, you have the Catskill Mountains, and then if you go east back past the Hudson, you have the Berkshire Mountains. So all of those mountain ranges coupled with the Hudson River, you could imagine that a place with this kind of geographical beauty would attract a lot of tourism, and boy, does it especially during peak foliage season and whatnot. It's a very popular destination for people in the Northeast. Now, Napanook itself does not have very many full-time residents. Roughly about 1,200 people live there full-time, which would make sense because it is a very small hamlet and has but a land area of only 1.2 miles. So there's really not much going on here, 
but we do have our haunted hotel. And in addition to that, we have none other than the Eastern Correctional Facility. What's the Eastern Correctional Facility, you might ask? Well, since 1973, it has been a maximum security prison. And that's nestled right into old Napanuck here. So, breaking this all down, we have a very desolate little town filled with ghosts, criminals, and a couple of residents sprinkled in here and there. So, what could possibly go wrong? I think we have to go back into the history books of the Shanley Hotel to figure that out. Let's start at the very beginning. Our story starts in 1845. That's when a gentleman by the name of Thomas Rich began building what was to become the Shanley Hotel. And at that time, obviously, it wasn't known as the Shanley Hotel. It was known as the Rich's Hotel. And this was right on Main Street, dead smack in the center of Napanook. As I said, Napanook made for a highly touted tourist destination. But in addition to that... There was tons of commerce and trade going on throughout the area. You also had a train that ran right through Napanook. And then, as I mentioned before, you had the Hudson River. So what you're lacking in actual residence, you're making up for in tons of traffic going north, south, east, and west. So once this hotel made its debut, it was touted by one of the local area newspapers as being, quote unquote, one of the area's best with fine food and new furnishings. Now, that is quite the compliment for a new hotel, isn't it? But in addition to the fine dining and the lovely furniture and accommodations, old Tommy here had a couple other things going on within the rich hotel. And one being a upscale gentleman's club and bordello. Calm down. Yeah, it seems that within this hotel on Main Street, in small little Napanook, New York, we had this wonderful upscale hotel with fine dining, beautiful furnishings, and uh, other attractions. You could imagine that the popularity of this place would only grow. And it did. So much so that in 1851, old Tommy Rich decided, you know what? I'm going to turn this thing over for a profit and sell it. And that's exactly what he did. And at that point in 1851, he sold the Rich Hotel, to a gentleman by the name of F.G. Hungerford. And F.G. immediately changed the name to Hungerford's Hotel. So Hungerford comes in, and he keeps everything pretty much the same. And when I say he keeps everything the same, you know what I'm getting at. He kept the bordello and the gentleman's club. I'm imagining that was probably the big moneymaker for the hotel. So we know that that's not going anywhere until the feds or somebody else forces them to close that up. I should note that the reputation of this Hungerford's Hotel grew even more extravagant than when it was the Rich Hotel. One such quote is that uh, it was one of the most beautiful public houses to be found in any section of the country. So let's fast forward a little bit. Hungerford ends up holding on to the place for about seven years, and it is in 1858 when he decides to sell the place to a man by the name of John Tonkin. So after Tonkin takes ownership of the hotel... Things are still going relatively well. It's taken its hits here and there through the years, and it ends up changing owners quite a few times. It seems roughly every few years the place is bought and sold. So we begin to see that the luck and the reputation that the Rich-slash-Hungerford Hotel had is starting to uh, erode a little bit. It's starting to lose a little bit of its luster. And uh, things, unfortunately, went from bad to worse. Because in 1895, when the hotel 
was owned by a gentleman by the name of Adolf Wagner. Unfortunately, it burned to the ground. Apparently, there was a fire that started in a nearby house, and it made its way to the hotel there, and before they can get a handle on it, the whole place was destroyed. That is a very unfortunate event that happened there, but old Adolf here acted very quickly because this fire took place in March of 1895. A mere nine months later, in November of 1895, the hotel was reopened, so Adolf Wagner wasted no time. He took his hit and made the best of it and rebuilt the hotel. Mr. Wagner ended up selling the hotel, and it changed hands a few more times through the years, and that is when our man of the hour here, Mr. James Shanley, comes into the story, because it seems that on October 1st of 1906, James Shanley purchased the Colonial Hotel for an estimated $10,000. Now, let me use my inflation calculator here to see what the hell I got. $10,000 in 1906 woo, is equivalent to $303,000 in 2021 money. That's nothing to shake a stick at. And Shanley had the ability to buy this place for that amount of money because he was, at this point, a very seasoned businessman. He owned quite a few hotels and restaurants throughout the country. So upon purchasing the Colonial Hotel, Shanley promptly renames it to the Shanley Hotel. So some of the additions that James added onto the hotel were pretty awesome. In addition to keeping the fine dining and the furnishings and the bordello, James also added on a bowling alley and a barbershop. This is your one-stop type deal, you know. You got a room, you can eat, get your hair cut, bowl, and uh, do whatever else you might want to do. So from all accounts, James wasn't one of these dickhead businessmen that just come in, buy up property, you know, and don't give a shit about the people in the community. He was loved by the people of Napanock. You know, not only did he bring this essence uh, of success, but he was very grounded and he wanted to help build this community. And he ended up making his home there. And he eventually found the woman that would capture his heart. And that was Beatrice Rowley. And in a few years after meeting, the two were married. This guy was so popular that they left on a honeymoon they come back, and the town throws them a parade. Could you imagine that? That's how popular this guy was. So everything seems to be going great. So far, there's nothing dark or nothing mysterious that's happening. There's no ominous vibe in this place. Yeah, we had the fire, but that was quickly rebuilt, and there's no reports of people dying within that fire. So everything seems to be well and good. But unfortunately, there was a dark cloud moving in. And so, right upon the Shanley Hotel. So buckle up. This is when things start to get a little bit crazy. This is going to lead into why we have so many reported paranormal events taking place at the Shanley Hotel today. So the Shanleys were married in 1910, and it didn't take long for them to start their family. Because on January 6th of 1912, they welcomed their first daughter, Kathleen. But this, unfortunately, is where the tragedy begins to strike. In June of that same year, in 1912, six-month-old Kathleen passed away. So obviously, you can imagine that the parents are just completely grief-stricken. They're beside themselves, something no parent should ever have to experience. But unfortunately, this happened to James and Beatrice. Now, get this. This, this is where things get even crazier. So they end up moving forward as best they can. 
Beatrice gets pregnant again, and this time she gives birth to a little boy named James Shanley Jr. But unfortunately, the Shanley family would suffer the same fate. It seems that James passed away at a mere four months old. So this is just another horrible blow to the Shanley family. But they continue trying to do the best that they can. Because after that, Beatrice gave birth to another boy named William Shanley, and he died at the age of nine months. So we have three Shanley children that have all died before the age of one. You know, now this changes the whole mood of the hotel from being a, a once vibrant and happy place. Now you have the owners going through this, this great suffering. So it's noted, and I'm reading this right from their website. It says that Beatrice's heartbreak could be felt in the walls of the hotel and that you could see happening, whether you believe in this kind of thing or not, you know, you can get that sense of foreboding, especially in a place where so much tragedy has taken place. So, Beatrice attempts to move forward, even though she's completely distraught and whatnot. We come to find out that at least she has her sister, Esther, who lives nearby. And when I say nearby, I mean right down the hall. So her sister is a resident of the Shanley Hotel as well. Esther lived down the hall with her two children, two little girls that she had. But it seems that in 1918, tragedy struck once again because Esther died from influenza. You heard me right. Beatrice who had just lost her three children a few years prior, now loses her sister. So within the walls of the hotel, you got to imagine now that there's just a sense of complete gloom and doom and just darkness, right? I mean, we're talking four deaths within a, a couple of years of each other. It seems that tragedy was not just limited to the Shanley family. It began to spread to all other people who resided in the hotel. And boy, is that an understatement. Because remember I talked about the fact that James added a barbershop to the Shanley Hotel upon purchasing it. And uh, the resident barber of the hotel was a gentleman by the name of Peter Grieger. So Peter, the barber, and his entire family lived at the Shanley Hotel. It was him, his wife, and their two daughters. And unfortunately, trouble would soon befall the Grieger family when three-year-old Rosie made her way out of the hotel without anybody noticing, wandered across the street to a nearby farm, went to look in a well, and unfortunately she lost her balance, slipped, went down a well, hit her head, and drowned. It was said that the Grieger family was so heartbroken that they just could not stay there anymore. Peter, his wife, and their remaining daughter left the Shanley Hotel and moved back to New York City. So mind you, this is all taking place within a 10-year period. We have deaths of the three Shanley children. We have the death of Beatrice's sister, Esther, from influenza. And in the mix of that, we have the death of three-year-old little Rosie Grieger, the barber's daughter who walked across the street and fell into the well. But it doesn't stop there. Because in the midst of all this, in September of 1915, it seems another tragic accident occurred. And that, my good people, is when a local doctor by the name of Walter Thayer was backing his car out of an adjoining driveway and accidentally hit his own child, ran him over, and that child, Walter Jr., suffered traumatic brain injuries. But fortunately enough for the Thayer family, Walter Jr. did survive. So there's a lot of bad shit happening at the Shanley Hotel on Main Street in Napanuck, New York, huh? My God. But the thing that I find interesting 
is that throughout all of this, the speakeasy slash gentleman's club slash bordello is still thriving. So there's still an influx of people coming in and out of this hotel in the midst of all this tragedy. But shockingly enough, I know the bordello business was not immune to bad luck. So let's fast forward a little bit. In 1920, on January 17th to be exact, prohibition was instituted. Prohibition in the United States was a nationwide constitutional ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages. And this lasted from 1920 to 1933. So any business that is catering to a clientele that likes to party and likes to drink is pretty much going to be fucked. And the Shanley Hotel was not immune to this. They were hit very hard. So much so that they started to see themselves losing tons of money. And you just can't have that as a business. So they had to make the proper adjustments. And that's exactly what my man James did. So James Shanley took it upon himself with the help of uh, some local friends there, began getting into the bootlegging business, as so many did at the time. Because we all know that big government knows best, don't we? So God forbid people try to earn a living and uh, become criminals in the process. But that's neither here nor there. So anyway, James starts bootlegging. In the year 1932, James was the subject of a raid by the feds. And he was arrested. But luckily for old James, he had friends in high places. That's right. Did I mention that Beatrice and James were friends with Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt? That's right. They were friends with the President and the First Lady of the United States. So much so that the Roosevelts were actually frequent guests of the Shanley Hotel. And old FDR there lived right across the way in Hyde Park, so this wasn't that far of a trip for him. So in this case, it's very good to have friends in high places because James avoided prosecution. So he was arraigned, but he never did any time for the uh, bootlegging. So then, luckily in 33, and rightfully so, prohibition came to an end. And unfortunately, the stress of the past two decades must have taken its toll on James because in 1937, he passed away after suffering a massive heart attack. So yet another death that took place within the walls of the Shanley Hotel. So a a lot happened. We went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. But the place was still standing. It still had clientele. And uh, it attempted to make a bit of a comeback after Prohibition was ended. But unfortunately, in 1941, there was another fire. And then by 44, Beerich said, the hell with it. I have had enough. And she sells the place to a gentleman by the name of Alan Hansen. It's at that point when Alan takes over the place, we start to get some ghostly stories and stories of uh, some bizarre paranormal happenings. So the reputation of of being a paranormal hotspot begins to grow, but that's not enough to help the Shanley Hotel financially recover from the losses that they had through the years. So unfortunately, in 1991, the Shanley Hotel shuts its doors, and it remained abandoned for almost a decade and a half. And it wasn't until 2005 when a gentleman by the name of Salvatore Nicosia purchases the place. And by 2007, he reopened it. And it had some success through the years. I mean, it never quite lived up to what it once was. But nevertheless, it was able to stay afloat. 
That was until Sal passed away on July 5th of 2016. So after Sal passed away, the place fell on hard times, and it seems that in December of 2017, the hotel was condemned and closed. This is from their own website here. After a time of mixed reviews and poor management. But all is not lost because in 2018, the hotel reopened, folks. The Shanley Hotel is open for business today. In the midst of all this turmoil and all this darkness, there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel. It seems that we do indeed have a happy ending because the Shanley Hotel, as it stands today, has had quite the rebirth. It's been featured on quite a few paranormal shows. There are tons of YouTube videos and people documenting their stay. Chris and I were considering staying there for our Halloween spooktacular, but we didn't pull the trigger, mostly because of the price tag attached to it. Because if you go on their website, rooms are going for between $238 and $7 plus $100 a night. Now, I'm all into a good ghost hunt, but I'll save that for people with uh, deeper pockets. But that could all change if anybody wants to become a patron, and I'll give you that information at the end. But in all seriousness, if you go to the website, thehauntedshanleyhotel.com, you can get all this information. And they actually give you a list with pictures included of all the haunted rooms that they have there. And there's a variety of rooms. They have one room called Rosie's Room, which, if you recall, that was the little three-year-old girl that fell to her death in the well. And, you know, these rooms, they're very... Um, they're very dated, you know, so they, they come with that, that air of uh, mystique and uh, creepiness. But on the second floor, I see that there's also the Roosevelt Room. So that's where FDR and Eleanor must have stayed. I mean, they're still very nice looking rooms, but um, definitely creepy. That's for sure. And if you look at the outside of the building, the exterior of the hotel is eerily reminiscent to the Amityville Murder House down in Amityville, Long Island. And if you need a little refresher course on that, Chris and I covered that in episode 61. So there definitely is an ominous look to the place. You know, it has a nice wraparound porch, but it definitely could use a paint job and uh, maybe even some greenery or some nice shrubs out front. But I, I think it's all left that way to add to, uh, to the, uh, as I said before, the mystique of the place. Because I would definitely have a bad vibe upon entering this place. It definitely is creepy. And some of the rooms are littered with uh, dolls. And if you know anything about us, Chris and I do not fuck around with dolls. I am not dealing with any tortured spirit inside a little kid's doll. So you'll find some of those uh, Victorian-era dolls in these rooms. And there is nothing funny about them. There's, so there's a ton of rooms to look at on their website. And obviously you can pick and choose what rooms you want to stay in. And there's different price ranges for the different rooms. So if you recall in the beginning of the show, we said that... People have documented sounds of children's laughter, and many believe that that is Rosie herself, the three-year-old that died in the well, which very well could be if you believe in that sort of thing. In addition to that, remember we said that people noted the slamming of doors, the playing of music that come from the ghosts of the patrons of the speakeasy and the bordello. And it very well could be. What the hell do I know? But it looks like things are looking up for the Shanley Hotel because I'm looking at the Google reviews and the Yelp reviews and everything seems to be pretty good. I'm looking at the Google review section and there are 182 reviews with an average of 4.3 out of 5 stars. 75% have given this hotel 5 stars. 
That's just it. You have to be into this sort of thing. You're not going to go there for a high-end experience like the days in the early 1900s. You're going there for a specific reason, and that is to assess whether or not the claims of the hauntings are real. And that's the thing. Nowadays, in 2021, paranormal exploration and investigation are wildly popular. You know, people want to believe in the afterlife, and this gives them an opportunity to do that. So much so that they actually host public ghost hunts. So I have nothing but good things to say about this place. I mean, their website is very informative. Actually, I got everything I spoke about tonight straight from the history section on their website. This place definitely has a weird vibe to it. I'll give it that much. And especially <laughs> that coupled with the fact that Napanuck is out in the middle of nowhere. Because once you're stuck out in little Napanuck in the middle of the night and you hear footsteps and Rosie laughing, there's nowhere to run and there's nowhere to hide. And for 250 to $700 a night, I'm going to assume that people are not running out of that hotel at gunpoint. So I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this place. But I will say this. I do think if you go into the Shanley Hotel with an open mind, I think you might just find exactly what you're looking for. Ooh, that was quite ominous, wasn't it? So uh, that's it. That is the story of the Shanley Hotel. And it was more of a history lesson than a rundown of paranormal activity, wasn't it? But if you want to check out any paranormal activity that has transpired at the Shanley Hotel, I'll include some links in the show notes because there's some interesting stuff out there. But, you know, you got to take all of it with a grain of salt. So, with all that said, I think it's time I get the hell out of here. So let me give the rundown. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with Chris on Facebook at the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't check any of that. I'm not going to go on a rant about Facebook again, especially now. But they can really go F themselves. <laughs> Instagram's in the same boat, but I am on there. And you can find me there at uh, the Between the Cracks podcast as well. So uh, you can message me there, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. If you'd like to become one of our lovely patrons, you can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. If you'd like any BTC merch, you can click on that link in the show notes as well. I will have everything listed there. And I just want to also say thank you guys very much for listening. The downloads have been incredible, and we just continue to grow and grow and grow. And I am just shocked by how many people listen to the show, and I really do appreciate it. So with all that said, I think I'm going to wish the fine, fine people out in podcast land the fondest oh, a farewells. (laughs) 